7.05, welcome back. If you, uh, you missed us since Monday night, well, we're back. It's Wednesday, time for the Wednesday edition of the Employment Hour. As always, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Love your phone calls right off the top. Fill the lines. We're here to answer your questions about severance being laid off, which are no such thing. But we'll get to that a little later on in the show. And all kinds of things under the employment banner we get to here uh, with Lior. By the way, if you haven't checked it out yet, severancepaycalculator.com. While we're uh, chatting here on the air over the next hour, you might want to go there. And uh, just play around with the uh, the system and see how it works. It's a very, very interesting tool, which we'll get to here in just a bit. But as always, uh, my brother, we always get to week that was to kick off the show, yeah? Yes, that's right, Johnny. Thank you very much. And always great to be back here and talking about employment law and workplace rights. This is the time, this is the place, and this is the hour where we're going to be answering all questions that come in about your legal rights. Maybe you're driving in your car and you're upset because something didn't go well at work or your, your boss did something to you and you're not sure if that's right. Well, you know what? Pick up the phone. Give us a shout now on the air. Let's talk about it and I'll answer all your questions. And to get us started, let's talk about a couple situations that I've seen. And these, uh, John, uh, these situations fall under the heading of large employers behaving badly. A lot of times people think that it's only the small employers that don't really know what they're doing. Well, that's not the case. Oftentimes it's very large employers that really should know better. Uh, the first one I'll tell you about, uh, John, involved a, uh, a large auto manufacturer. I'm not going to give you the name. I don't, wanna, I don't want anyone to say I'm picking on people. Mm-hmm. But a very large auto manufacturer here in Ontario. And uh, the lady that called me actually happened earlier today. Uh, she uh, indicated that uh, she had been there for three years on a series of rotating uh, three-month contracts. So for three years, she's working on three-month contracts. So three mm-hmm. months expires, th- three months again, three months again, mm-hmm. three years now. And she was now let go. Why was she let go? She was let go because she had to take some time off for medical reasons. And the employer said that you've been off for too long. You've missed uh, 10 days or so in the last year. So we think that's too much. We're letting you go for cause, by the way, John. And we're not going to, we don't pay you anything. You're on contract in any event. Well, this whole situation is absurd. I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, There's no such thing as being on a series of three-month contracts for three years. That's nonsense. After the second or third of these contracts, you become a regular full-time employee in the eyes of the law. We've talked about this on the show. And this is a huge, huge, huge uh, international corporation that really should know better. So that's nonsense. You're not on contract in that situation. Second, you can't let someone go because they took time off that's justified. Uh, you, You cannot do that. Certainly, that's not cause. So this employer, a very large auto manufacturer, really should have known better. And they have apparently, according to this person that called me, hundreds if not thousands of these employees on these series of three-month contracts. So the lesson there is very important. First of all, if you're on a, several, uh, on a series of several contracts, that's nonsense. You're a regular full-time employee. And beyond that, don't assume that just because you're dealing with a large employer, they know what they're doing, so they must be right. Oftentimes, that is not the case. You want to know if something is right, Give me a call. We'll get to a uh, phone call right away since they're, uh, they're coming in. They listen, they've heard, they have information and questions. John in Peterborough, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you, Lior? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I had a previous employer um, who um, owed me bonuses for my time there. And um, they, I then quit that job to start another one. But she... Um, her and I discussed the fact that she did owe them to me, and uh, we had put it down on paper, and she signed her name to it to pay through all that she did. But then after I had left, um, she decided 
to send me a letter to say that they've reworked the bonus structure and that I'm no longer eligible for those bonuses. So I was wondering if that was something I could pursue. But also, it's been a little over two years now, so I didn't know if there was a time limit on that, even if I could. Yeah, so, so first of all, there's no way they can change the bonus terms, the compensation terms retroactively. It doesn't work that way, so they cannot do that. So you absolutely would have been able to pursue that. Here's the bad news, uh, John. If it's been more than two years since that money uh, was owing or since you left and, and they owed you the money, you can't unfortunately do anything. There's a strict two-year limitation period. Even two years in a day is too late. So, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we can do anything about it. But, of course, the lesson you for the listeners out there is, yes, even if you leave, if there's amounts owing to you, a bonus, a vacation pay, any wages that it's owing to you, you have to get that paid. Your employer can't say we've decided not to pay that. That's absolutely illegal. But remember that two-year limitation period. 870-6400, star 640 on sale. John, another John in Etobicoke. Good evening, John. How are you? How are you doing, guys? Excellent, sir. Go ahead. Uh, Lior's listening. Leor, um, quick question. Let's say you work for a company 15, 16, 17 years with a vehicle. All of a sudden, they take the vehicle away. Is that termination? So this is a car that the company pays for. They pay all the expenses, et cetera, yes. for the vehicle? Yep, their name, company So, yeah, and vehicle. if they take... Right. If they take that away, that's a significant change because now you need a vehicle to replace a vehicle, whether you lease it and pay all the expenses, you're going to be talking hundreds of dollars a month, no question, thousands of dollars a year. So yeah, that would be a significant enough change that could rise to the level of a constructive dismissal. So if that happens to you, you could potentially treat that as a termination and, and require the company to, to pay severance. Is that, is that what happened to you, John? Uh, I see that coming up. Yeah, it's on if the that happens before you quit, John, I don't want you to, to give notice before you talk to me. But if that happens, you have that option. And as soon as that happens, as soon as you know that they're doing that, give me a call off air. Let's talk about that. And let's go over all the options so that you know what you, what you can do. We'll take a, a quick break. Uh, as you know, the number now, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Got some lines open. You need to get hold of Lior through an email. We'll give you his number when we come back. It's uh, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Just getting warmed up for this hour, the Employment Hour, right here. Talk Radio, AM 640. It is 7.15, Wednesday evening. Your phone calls coming in. We'll get to them post-haste. You know the number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Is this uh, Leon? Yeah, Leon is the name. Leon, say hi to Leor. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm just calling to make an inquiry about, um, I love your show, and this topic today is great. Um, The distinction between... um, and um, people who are contract employees, um, the same rule applies to them, the four-year rule. Some of us have been attempt for having temporary workers for about four or five years, and um, nothing seems to be done about it. Um, what happened the last time, who, the last person was fired after working for about five years? Um, so I want to know. So are you saying that a temporary employee is someone that's been there for four years? Yeah. Somebody has been there for over, you have somebody who has been there for over four years, and the person is fired, and um, yes. that makes the other people a bit jittery. They are, they are temporary workers, and they don't know the distinction between being a temporary worker and being a contract employee, and they're being a full-time employee. They don't, you know, all those people don't Right, understand. and, and, and here, here's the thing. I'll make it very easy. The title doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't. It matters what actually happens on the ground in real life. If you work somewhere for four years, guess what? You're not a temporary employee. It doesn't matter. Just like, you know, if, if I call you, uh, you know, a, a man and you're a woman, it doesn't matter. Like, 
titles like that don't matter if that's not the reality on the ground. So if a temporary quote-unquote employee is let go after four years, they're entitled to severance like any employee would be entitled after four years. And the same with a contracted employee. If, if someone is working regular hours for a company for a period of time, they're an employee of that company. It's not being on contract doesn't mean anything. So always, always look at the reality on the ground, substance over form. If you have a job, a regular job, and you lose that job, doesn't matter what the title that you have, you're owed compensation, you're owed severance. There's no exceptions to that. You can't get around the law by using a title. Otherwise, I can call all my employees temporary, Mm -hmm. and I would never have to pay them any severance, right? It doesn't work that way. Got uh, Abraham and Vaughn. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, sir. Go ahead with yours here. Love your show. Thanks, man. Uh, regular listener. Uh, okay, now here's the situation. I just been let go about an hour ago from my job. I am in trucking business as a subcontract with a company, working for them for the last uh, over five months. And term of the conditions were that I was supposed to do two trips to U.S. short haul overnight and uh, twice a month. And... When I started, I was told that I'll be getting paid for those trips hourly, which I agreed to. Now the owner has changed the uh, pay schedule, and he wants to pay per mile. That means all the time that I'm waiting at a shipper or receiver, I'm not getting paid for it before I was. Right. And they wanted me to go to U.S. again tomorrow, and I said I'll go on the condition what I signed for, what I agreed to at the time of my employment at the start of my employment and they called me back they said when you get back to the yard clean your truck go home well here's the thing uh in this situation uh obviously you're upset about that and you're right you did nothing wrong in the eyes of the law and this happens all the time in the trucking business people are quote-unquote subcontractors but in the eyes of the law they're still employees and if he lets you go, he has a right to let you go, but he has to pay you compensation. He has to pay you severance. So you say, Abraham, that you've worked there uh, for five months, uh, a driver. And how old are you, Abraham? Uh, 49. So you'd be entitled to right around two months' pay. All right? Two months' pay is what you'd be owed. Uh, and I'm assuming he's not planning on paying you. That's kind of standard in the trucking industry that, that the companies don't really know or, or care what their legal obligations are. So give me a call. Let me help you get those two months paid. It's not very difficult. Uh, but yeah, you, you obviously did nothing wrong. All you wanted is the company to abide by the deal that you've entered into. They let you exactly. go because of that. They owe you severance. You've been wrongfully dismissed, and we need to speak off air. Abraham, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Get to one more before we go to break. Uh, Leanne in Toronto. Good evening. Hi. Um, thank you very much for taking the call. No worries. Um, I was um, let go from my job about oh about um, early August, and my employer has still he still hasn't filled out the record of employment for EI. Now I have not get been able to get any of my EI benefits, and I'm sort of on hold. How long can this go on, and what are my rights at this point? Sure, Leon. Thank you for the call. Now, with respect to record of employment, yes, of course, it would have had to have been paid by now. It's usually two weeks or the next pay period. Uh, have you received any severance? I've received some um, monies, and I know um, EI has contacted um, this person to speak to him. So I know that I just received an amount, uh, but, I, yeah, I have some, received some, yes. The reason why I'm asking is because it's possible that 
from the employer's perspective, if they feel that they're still paying you, that they're not issuing you a record of employment. So for example, if they're paying you severance for six months, I'm just using that as an example, they may say, we'll issue the record of employment after the six months are up because in the meantime, we're still paying you. That's not the right way to do it, by the way, but it's possible that that's what they're doing. If, um, With respect to the record of employment, what we can do, because they've had to issue it, is if you can't get it on your own, obviously you've tried, is I can send them a letter. I assure you that's going to be a, a good enough kick in the pants to get them to give you the record of employment. But I have a different question here. Uh, I want to make sure that you've got proper severance. How long did you work there for, Leanne? I worked there for um, about uh, five months. Okay. And what, what did you do there? What kind of job? Um, I was um, like a, a receptionist. Okay. And, and how old are you, Leanne? I'm 33. So right around two months pay, uh, six weeks to two months pay is what you're owed. Is that what uh, your employer gave you? Sorry, what am I owed? Up to two months pay, between a month and a half and two months pay. Um, I got approximately that. Okay. Okay, well, good. Then, then, then you've received that. That's fine. If your employer doesn't give you a record of employment, then you give me a call. I can send them a letter, and that's going to resolve it very quickly, I assure you. Leanne, appreciate the call. Everyone else, uh, we'll get to you. In the meantime, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up here on Talk Radio AM 640. Yeah, I appreciate you hanging in there. If you're on the phone lines, we will get to you. Stand by. Uh, lots of people coming through, so we will get to them one by one. Vito in Mississauga. Good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, good, thanks. How are you, gentlemen? Excellent. What's your, uh, what's your concern? Um, I got a friend of mine who was working for a company for about six or seven years. The company moved. Uh, he had a fifteen-minute, fifteen-minute commute to work, and they moved further out, and he had an hour and a half. After a while, he got sick of it. He started looking for another job. He interviewed, was given a job, handed in his notice to the company he worked for, and then about a few days before he started with the company that hired him, they called him and asked him to come in. Apparently, in the contract he signed. They had a clause in there saying that if they found a more suitable candidate before his first day of work, they were entitled to go with that candidate and not him. Now, all of a sudden, he, was, he had lost two jobs. Is, I'm just wow. wondering if that, if that clause in the contract was actually legal. Wow. You know, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's legal. I can honestly tell you I've never seen a clause like that. It's, it's something else. I mean, I've seen many situations where someone is offered a job, they quit, and then the, the new employer pulls the offer off the table. I have not ever, ever seen a, a clause that says, by the way, we may not give you the job if we find someone we like better. What I'd right. be interested to know is if they knew, okay, if they knew that he's quitting his job, uh, and and then uh, despite that, they then decided uh, to not ha- not bring him in. They may still be liable, not for breach of contract, but for, but for negligence because they should not have let him. They should specifically have told him not to quit, not to resign in that situation. So right. that's what this comes down to. Me that that agreement doesn't make me happy. The fact that it says that, I would like to see it myself to see if there's a way to get around it. But potentially, if they knew that he's quitting his job, there may still be something that we can do here. So I, I definitely want him to give me a call. I want to sit down with him and find out some more information about what they knew, the new company. Uh, I want to read the agreement myself. Uh, I, and there may be other things in that agreement that may make it illegal and unenforceable. So there's definitely a lot to talk about. Vito, this, you've got to give your friend this number, one 855 know, As we move to another call, man, this, this just goes to what we've been saying for three years. Beyond your vacation and how much money you're making, it is so important to read that contract. 
Absolutely. Can you imagine if he had read that and understood what it meant? He never would. No, have he was no, 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 guys. Yeah, unbelievable. So you're right, John. People have to be very, very vigilant and very careful when they read that employment agreement. Peter and Barry, good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. Good pal. What's happening? How are you doing? Uh, well, my wife is a CSR. She's worked in the place for five years now, and um, she's salaried and has always been salaried from day one. There's talk about them shuffling the deck in management and that she might report to another manager soon. It hasn't happened yet. And the other manager has told her she shouldn't be on salary. She should be hourly. And I'm concerned uh, what that would happen, what, what that would mean to her in terms of if she ends up getting terminated uh, at some point, is it differently for hourly versus salaried? And uh, is she entitled to um, maybe ask for more money based on the fact that in salary, you have certain leeway that you don't have an hourly. Absolutely. First of all, uh, Peter, an employer does not have a right to change someone from salary to hourly. And what I mean don't have a right, if that were to happen, the employee has a choice, which is they can accept that change and continue working, or they can treat that as a constructive dismissal, leave and get severance. So if your wife is faced with that, uh, that uh, situation, she has the choice. One of the choices she can make is to leave and get severance, not even a question. Now, to your specific question, you're asking me if there would be a difference in severance if she became hourly. The, the short answer is no, in the sense that in terms of she's still going to get the same number of months pay, whether she's hourly or salary. However, if she's making less money as an uh, hourly employee as she did as a salaried employee, and let's say she's owed six months severance, well, six months would mean, mean less money because that's she, she was earning less. So potentially it could impact her severance. What I would suggest is if, in fact, they change her to an hourly employee, she should negotiate some terms, maybe additional compensation to make up for what she's losing. If they won't do that, and if it's not agreeable to your wife, she should give me a call. We should treat that as a constructive dismissal. What I don't want your wife doing is starting to work as a salaried employee and two months later realizing she doesn't like it and then call me because by then it may be too late. So the time to deal with it is whenever those changes are being imposed, there's a very short window uh, to, to do that. And uh, hopefully that, that makes sense. And have her call me if that happens. Appreciate the call, Peter. That number, one 821 5900 We'll take a quick break. Get to more of your calls here. Lots of information to be had. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on South Sea Employment Hour. Yeah, lining up your calls here at 735 on your Wednesday evening edition of the Employment Hour. Again, we're here Monday nights as well at 7 o'clock. You know, it's funny, Leo, I was thinking about uh, that call we had last break with uh, with Vito, whose buddy got that employment contract and they slipped a clause in there saying, you know, we can basically get rid of you right up until the last minute if we choose someone else. They exercise that right. But off the top, he also mentioned that his friend originally had a 15-minute commute, turned into an hour-and-a-half commute with the other employer. Right, Derry could have yeah, pulled exactly. the plug, right? And that's what I thought initially he was, he right. was going with that. When, whenever that change happened, his friend did not have to accept that. He could have left right there and gotten his severance. And I think he had said he'd worked it for about eight years or so. Mm-hmm. So he could have easily been owed 9, 10, 12 months pay. Right. So remember that. That's a very good point, John, for our listeners. If your commute does change, your work location does change in a significant way, that could be a constructive dismissal, which may entitle you to severance. Got uh, Robert and Angus. Thanks for hanging in. Robert, how are you? No problem. How are you? Good, sir. What's your concern? Um, now, I wish the heck guys had been on the radio about 10 years ago, because this <laughs> happened to me 10 years ago. Um, we hear that often. What it, was, what it was was basically a termination and severance and holiday pay and um, 
was uh, another employer that bought us out, but they only bought the workers. They didn't buy the building or the machinery. So when this happened, the contract started drying up a little bit. Well, everybody was asked to take two weeks vacation or two weeks um, unemployment or layoff temporary. Well, right there, the flags went up, but they sucked us in by saying, you know, you can take that, get your unemployment, have your two weeks waiting time available, and then if we have to lay you off, say, for a week, you can get your money right away from unemployment. Well, what they neglected right. to tell you is that once that unemployment is opened, you're on an unemployment for a year, basically. You're still on unemployment. So what happened was almost nine months later, the whole company folded up. We were left with three weeks pay on, like I say, uh, severance, termination. Now, the termination, I don't know whether that's the same as severance because back when I talked to the unemployment or the, uh, yeah, the unemployment people and uh, the labor board, they said that that's two different things. They ended up paying us $5,000, which we owed tax on, and we had to claim as uh, monies for that year, particular. And when I went to go to the unemployment, they said, I've only got two months left on my unemployment, and then I had to get a job right away, or I was going to be cut off mm-hmm. Right. Listen, uh, you, you guys got the short end of that stick big time. I wanted to use stronger language than that, but I don't want to be uh, getting into trouble here. Uh, you guys really got the, the short end of that stick. You would have been owed a lot more compensation. There, there, for the purposes of our discussion, there really is no difference between termination pay and severance pay. We're talking about monies owing to you when you lose your job. So, yeah, you, you, you really uh, did uh, You owed a lot more than that, you and your colleagues, especially if there was a sale of a business in there because your past service at your previous employer would have been recognized. So that is unfortunate because I think you said 10 years or so, nothing we can do because there's a two-year limitation period. But a very important call and a very important lesson for our listeners, your employer can't mess around by telling you you're going to take a layoff, you're going to go on EI, come back. No. If you have a regular job, you're entitled to that job. Or you can treat your employment as being terminated if your employer is starting to, to play all kinds of games. And, of course, your service is always recognized if there's a sale of a business and you continue working with a new company. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. There's a number. You have concerns. Ryan uh, in Oshawa. Good evening, Ryan. Hi, how you doing? Good, pal. What, uh, what is happening? So I um, currently work for a uh, taxi cab company. Uh, we don't... Uh, get paid we don't rent the car where we get a percentage of the of our sales and my question is is a few years ago we were we were forced to sign a contract that we are subcontractors uh, but we weren't given a copy of them and I'm wondering I'm feeling after over 10 plus years I've been working here that I'm trying to find out if we are actually employees of the company or we are subcontractors. And if so, am I owed vacation pay? Um, And I feel like I might be getting squeezed out of the job now. Um, And if that happens, is there severance? If there's anything like that? So, so no, excellent question. So let me ask you a couple of things. Do you get to make your own hours or do you have to work hours that are given to you? Hours that were given to us. So you, so you don't get to decide, okay? No, I don't and get to decide. Is, 
I understand. And is it regular full-time hours? Are you there, you know, 30, 40 plus hours a week? Uh, I'm almost, for me, I'm almost uh, just over 30. Okay. And do you have, is there an expectation as to how much in fares you're going to get per day or is it completely up to you? It's completely how I do my shift and whatever comes, comes. Got it. You are very, very likely to be considered an employee because you don't get to set your own hours, because you work regular hours. You've been doing this for a long time. That's a regular job. You have a job, you come home, that's a regular job. So you probably are very, very likely, you and your colleagues, to be considered employees, which means, yeah, you are owed vacation. The problem with, for example, with vacation is to get that, you would have to go file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. That may impact your relationship with the company that you work for, but you can certainly do that. If you Mm -hmm. get, as you call it, squeezed out and you lose your position, you're going to be entitled to severance. Of course you're going to be entitled to severance. Now, we may have to deal with your your employer, with the the cab company. They may not just say, hey, here's a check, but legally you are owed that. So it's a very important call. And, And for the other taxi drivers out there, if you're in a similar situation where your hours are fixed by someone, you don't really control what you do then, yeah, you are likely to be an employee or at the very least a dependent contractor, which gives you very similar rights to that of an employee. In your particular situation, if you want to talk more about it, give me a call. Ryan, that number, one 821 5900 We'll take a quick break, get to more of your calls here in the Employment Hour. You know the request, or at least a line anyway, to make a comment or question, 416-870-6400, star 640 on yourselves. The Employment Hour right here. Yeah, 746, use that number. You have severance concerns, employment concerns. You've just been let go. Friend, family member possibly isn't in the same boat. You'll want to give us a call. Get the straight goods, some details, some truth. Got uh, Mesdi here in Toronto. Good evening. Hi. How are you? What's going on? Uh, actually, I have a problem. Uh, my sister worked as a daycare teacher uh, for a private employer. Uh, recently, she was uh, she was being laid off temporarily, and uh, they were, uh, they were, she was told that uh, they're not going to know what they're going to do with her until they get more kids in. And then she asked if they're going to let her go for a temp, uh, like permanent layoff. Is she entitled for a severance package? She, she was told that there's no such a thing for their, their, their company. So... Uh, she's definitely not making enough money right now because she's on the uh, on the uh, EI and uh, right. she can't be on the EI forever. So they're just playing games and she's not sure what to do. Oh, absolutely, they're playing games. Now, how long was she working there for? Uh, it's about two years, near two years. Okay, so here's the thing. It's it's quite simple. They, what they've done already, that in the eyes of the law, is a termination. So your sister has a very clear and very simple choice to make, and that is she can continue waiting and hope and pray. At some point, maybe they'll call her back. Maybe she'll go back to work. Or she can treat it now, today, as a termination of employment and get her full severance. And for her, we're talking a few months' pay, anywhere from uh, three to six months potentially is what she'd be owed. So that's a significant amount of compensation that she's owed. And they do not it's not their choice. They don't get to say, well, we don't do this. The law decides what they do or what they don't do. So that's a very important for you to understand. And she needs to give me a call. I wouldn't wait on this. Uh, the longer she waits, the, the more complicated the situation can be. She's been terminated. She can treat that. There's no such thing as a temporary layoff, okay? That is a termination. So she needs to give me a call, Mesdi. Sure. Thank you very much. 
I love these companies. No, there's no such thing. Don't worry. Just leave. No, we just decided no. We decided today. You know, we had a nice lunch. We decided the law doesn't apply to us. Sorry. No, it doesn't work that way. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Taking your calls here with Lior right till uh, 8 o'clock. Sean in Scarborough. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, Sean. What is your uh, concern? All right. I have two things. Uh, My employer, I have a statement uh, from the HR and a contract that states I make 47,000 a year annual. Yet I've yet to see the full 47,000. I'm I'd be lucky if I see 30 something because of sick time and whatever. Is that a legal binding contract that because it says my annual is 47 or is it because they can dock me and it is what it is? Hmm. Okay, well, what I'm not sure I understand is why you haven't been paid. Is it because you haven't been at work? Yeah, and well, I've been off sick, and that's going to be a part of my second one, uh, no question. So an employer um, generally does does not have to pay you, Sean, if you're off on a disability or a medical leave of absence, unless they have a, a sick day plan that you qualify for. Uh, they don't have to pay you. So if, let's say, you make $47,000 a year, but you've missed two weeks, um, just as an example, for those two weeks, they don't have to pay you. Now, okay. they may be, you, you may qualify for EI during that period of time, et cetera, but they don't have to pay you. So they okay. only have to pay you for the time that you've worked. So because of that, uh, you know, I think as long as when you're working, you're getting paid on the basis of $47,000 a year, that's what they have to do. They don't have to continue paying you while you're off work. Again, there may right. be an insurance plan, a short-term disability plan that may qualify you. you. There may be EI that you could qualify for while you're, you're off work, but your employer is not legally required to pay you. Okay. Uh, my second part is I, I have been off sick um, with some tumors and whatever. I, instead of taking sick leave, because I don't have a lot, I use my vacation and everything. My manager pulled me in the office and said, if I miss any more time, I'm going to have to get a lawyer. He's going to have to let me go unless he gets a detailed medical assessment stating why I'm missing work. So my doctor gave him an assessment stating the reasons why, like what causes me for not being able to get into work but it didn't state what I had. Now, he says that's not good enough, and, I mean, he hasn't fired me yet, but, again, I haven't really missed much work. I've been trying to suck it up and everything. Where do Sean, I this is a very hand? important very important question because this is, let me be very clear here. Your employer does not, does not have a right to know what your medical condition is. Absolutely not. They have a right to know whether you can work and how long you're expected to be off work and whether you have any limitations. But whether you have a tumor or you're suffering from depression or a bad back, that's not something they're allowed to know. They're not allowed to ask for that. They have no right to that. So, in fact, by just by asking you this and insisting and, and giving you a hard time, that you can treat potentially as a constructive dismissal, potentially even as a human rights issue. Uh, okay. So uh, if that's what you want to do, if you've, you've had enough or you're not happy with this treatment, we could potentially get you out of there with severance. The other thing we could do is if they keep harassing you that way is I can send them a letter telling them to back off. You don't have a right to, to this information and let Sean be. So either way, if you want, we can deal with it. But remember, they don't have a right to know what your medical condition is. All your doctor has to tell them is that you cannot work for medical reasons. Full stop. That's it. Right. Okay, because he, he was more 
saying, you know, I could probably work with it if I know the reasoning why that you're off sick. Mm. But, I mean, nope. again, I didn't think he needed to know why. And then he's like, well, you know, if it's cancer, I don't understand why you can't tell us. I understand if it's AIDS or something personal, whatever. Uh, but I never let him know what it was. And, and, I mean, and that's a personal was, decision of yours. You, are, you yeah. can absolutely make that decision, and they cannot make you tell him, uh, and they can punish you for not telling them what it is. And if they even try to go down that route, uh, you have to give me a call. Sean, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And just as an aside, it's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Three email. We'll take a quick break here. Got a few more minutes left. If you want to slide us a quick call, you can do that. 870-6400, star 640 on sale. It's the Employment Hour, talk radio, AM 640. You know, it's amazing, Leor, just to put in your own language with Sean there, with the employer asking about uh, what he's ill with. As you've always said, they can ask, uh, you know, prognosis, not diagnosis, right? You're listening, Johnny. That's Man. exactly right. Prognosis, yes. What is the outcome or what is uh, uh, the expectation in terms of missing work? Not diagnosis, not what the problem actually is. Yeah. We'll get to uh, Randy here. Randy, we'll squeeze you in before we uh, we wrap up. What is happening, Randy? So uh, my father has been working for a company for approximately 30 years now consecutively, and uh, the company he just got notified is actually being shut down. So they have a American arm and they have a Canadian arm. Now, the American arm is still going to be operating. Uh, it's the Canadian arm that's shutting down. Now, they do have quite a large facility here worth well in the millions, and uh, they were talking to the employees about, uh, I guess, what you call a severance package or a, a, you know, a layoff contract. I, I'm not too sure what it is. Uh, I just got some of the information myself just from my dad recently. Now, my dad's kind of like, okay, uh, what do I do? Because he's, he's older now, and uh, he's you know, recovering from uh, a couple of stents with cancer. And he's worried about his employability, but he's more worried right now on the short-term effect on what's going to happen and what kind of payout they're going to give them. And they have been talking about offering a payout, but my dad's kind of, okay, well, how much or how many weeks per year or or how is it calculated? Randy, question is, is he unionized? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so so the answer to that question actually is already in the collective agreement. The collective agreement would say what he gets in this situation. Usually it would be minimal, unfortunately. That's what happens in a unionized environment. Severance is a very different beast. It's a fraction of what it is in a non-unionized environment. So he may be looking at a week's pay to a maximum per year to a maximum of maybe 34 weeks, whereas if he was non-unionized, he could easily be owed two years' pay. In any event, the only one that's able, that's allowed to help him in this situation, Randy, is the union. There's no other recourse. So you should speak with the union. The union already should know how much he would get. Uh, and that's that's the recourse. And unfortunately, it's not going to be two years pay. That's the bad news. Got our weekend shows coming up. And again, we're here Monday nights as well, guys, just in case you didn't realize you're late to the show. It is Mondays at 7 as well. And of course, this show tonight, Wednesdays at 7 as well. Till next time, severancepaycalculator.com. And Lior's number, yeah, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. This has been the Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio AM six forty.